Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You know, with all the guys we brought in, uh, I think it definitely opens up the floor because, you know, they, they, they all can shoot. Um, so I think that just... I think that just brings another a defender to you know close out to them and just you know moving without the basketball. I think that's uh, important to us, you know, just to spread everybody out. So um, you know, just attacking gaps is kind of um, what we're doing for now. Brandon Miller talking about what we were talking about in the first hour. You bring in five guys that can shoot the basketball like this. It is going to open the floor up, man. And they often go small ball with Grant at the five. So this team is nailing threes. I think 15 more of them last night, but it's space. It's space for Bridges. It's space for, uh, you see, Misich drive to the basket. Trey Mann drive to the basket. Brandon Miller. So Hornets win again last night. And this was their first double-digit win of the season bone last night against the Hawks. Had not won a game by double digits all year. Holy crap. Didn't have one night where you could stick it to an opponent. Everybody gets routed in the NBA. But until this new look Hornet squad showed up, we were unable to run somebody off the floor. There were more let's go Hornets chance late in this game. Brandon Miller made reference to that in his press conference as well. Um, he is loving that. That hive is alive. It's jumping over their bone. It's crazy. What has happened, man? It's crazy. And this isn't the full team. Well, Melo's still out. Mark Williams back. I don't know if we're going to see him the rest of the year, to be honest about it. Just the, the hunch that I have. We haven't even seen the, the full team yet. A lot of these guys, Mac, not not Miller and Bridges if he is brought back, but a lot of these guys are the role guys that are going to fill in the the those areas around the star player. So we're, we're getting a good core of guys that can help Mac around star players. I like I like where this is headed right now. Yeah, it's an it's it's it really like Trey Man looks like he could be a really 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 high level backup point guard. Think of what I was watching last night, and I was thinking, yeah, because Lamelo's going to come back and be the starter. Trey Man as a young point guard, Mac, it could be like what Tyus Jones was to John ja Morant for a long time. Remember, John ja Morant would go out and they would still win basketball games. They went like twenty and two. When John Morant was out one year, could Trey Mann be that high-level backup point guard, Mac? Different than Lamelo, but they can still win some basketball games when that dude's in there. I have to be honest with you. I'm not sure if Trey Mann or Misich is better. They're both freaking great. True, they're both great. Um, and the Lamelo dynamic here is something we have to talk about because we are getting texts, and I have seen tweets about the fact they're doing this without him playing. So we do need to get into that. I have to be honest with you. I'm not really in a hurry to get Lamelo back anymore. Like, I, I just, I liked what this group is doing. And I'm sure, Bone, it'll run out at some point. Heck, they got to start in Utah uh, next week, a week from today, you know, post-All-Star break. And and we'll see what happens. But, like, for right now, I don't honestly really want to change this dynamic. These five new guys have come in, and they're all eager beavers. They're, right? They're all eager beavers. You have three guys that weren't playing in OKC. They love it. I get playing time now, right? Yep. Trey Mann, Misich, um, uh, the Latvian Laser, Bertans. Then you go with the two dudes we got from Dallas. They're Charlotte kids. I said in the first hour, they're two of the very few people in the league that could be told you just got traded to the Charlotte Hornets and wouldn't be depressed about it. Like, like point blank. Seriously. So you brought five people in here, Bone, 
that are eager beavers, man. And I just think that attitude is spread. You brought up a great point, too. Like, th this group is, I, I th this group is, they do two things on offense. They shoot it and they pass it. We 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 we, sh we are shooting the ball better, and we are passing and sharing the ball better. Twenty seven assists last night. The thing that's even crazier to me is what you were talking about in the first hour. How much better this group of guys play defense? Because I got to be honest, other than Grant Williams, I would have never really thought we brought in a bunch of defensive stoppers here. But it's just, I think the energy. I think it's the eager beaver fact fa uh, factor. They are all excited to go out there every night. They've allowed one hundred six, one hundred two, ninety nine in the three games since they all arrived to the Milwaukee game. Before that, the, the roster was depleted without these guys. Mac, they're available, and they're willing, and they all are motivated for different reasons. Grant Williams and Seth Curry, as you talked about, they've got their own motivations to, to come back home, right? Grant Williams is probably motivated, Mac, that he signed a big deal in Dallas, and it didn't work out by before the trade day, yeah. uh, before the All-Star break. Yeah. He got moved yeah. on. Yeah. A guy that won a lot of basketball games is thinking, how the hell did I not even last uh, half a year, really, uh, in Dallas? Seth Curry was averaging three points a game in Dallas, was really out of the mix. He comes back. It's, it's something to prove. These young guys from the Thunder, something to prove. So we've got guys that are healthy, available, and motivated. And I don't think that was the case before, Mac. I don't know if this was talked about a lot, but Gordon Hayward, Mac, was not healthy. <laughs> I don't uh, know how motivated all the time P.J. Washington was especially defensively. These guys all have their own individual things that's motivating them, but right now as a team, it's all one unit moving together in the same direction. That's not always been the case. No, it is not at all. Um, and of course, the Lamelo haters are coming out. but we'll, well. Yeah, I, well, I have to be honest. I guess we can talk about that now. Like, I was thinking last night, Like, and the Lamelo haters are saying this is proof we go trade him. Uh, Lamelo haters are saying uh, he'll come back and we'll get worse. Another texter, notice we're doing this without Lamelo, and it is fascinating. I, I got to say that it is fascinating that we're doing this without Lamelo. I did have the thought last night, Bone. What if Lamelo, like, say we were playing a game like tomorrow or whatever, right? And there's no All Star break right now, and Lamelo played. Would it help the team, hurt the team, or would it be the same? It would help the team. You do think so? Like, yeah. right away, you think it would help the team? Yes. Yes. Because I'm not sure. It's not like, like these guys, look, these guys are playing well. They're fun to watch. But we're all of a sudden going to think about LaMelo hurting a team that's played three games together. We also have to have a bigger, sam bigger sample of this team I'm here. just talking about, like, right away. Like, just right away, LaMelo comes back, is ball dominant, is throwing up YOLO shots. This team's not doing that right now. They're not throwing up bad shots, Bone. They are passing it until they get a good shot. I don't and they're think just sharing it. And I just like, I, I, I think there would be a real adjustment period for LaMelo. Now, you would think, Bone, ultimately he could figure out, I got shooters all around me on the floor. All I do is run pick and roll, drive, draw the defense, kick, and, and I got a shooter. So you would think eventually he would figure that out, right? I don't but think I just think the flow of this offense, like for the first couple of games when, if LaMelo comes back, I think it's going to be different because this thing is flowing. The ball is flowing so freely right now. It's a bro. different. It's a different team. I think it fits Lamelo's game. The passing side of this. It does, but so I just I don't, I don't think Lamelo is going to come in and I think Lamelo got frustrated with the losing. I think he felt like he had to take those shots. I don't. I think Lamelo. He's knows. always taking those I shots. I think he's, he's always I think, taking Yolo's I think threes. He feels like he's had to. I think with this team, there's more guys and there's a difference back because a guy like Grant Williams will not be adverse. The telling Omelo ball, bad shot, pass the basketball. He's a leader. 
We saw him do it with Jason Tatum for crying out loud. You don't think Grant Williams back will step up and say, move the basketball. I, There's leadership on this team now. I think the walls aren't there in full before. I'm not saying Bone LaMelo will never gel with this team. I'm just saying initially I think there will be an adjustment for him. And I think you know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. Um is initially, first couple few games is what I'm saying. I'm not siding with the people that want to trade LaMelo ball. Like, don't put yeah. me in that category. I, I did you not know? put you in that category. I'm, I'm just saying, first couple games back, like, Bone, this basketball looks so different than the last time LaMelo played. Like, you have to admit that. This is team basketball to the max, man. This is, that you see, you've seen Bridges and Miller not have the burden to shoot and stuff. Like, it's just, it is so different the way the ball is flowing and it's hopping and it's moving. It really but, is. But here's the thing, too, to keep in mind. This team is off until next Thursday now, right? Or the Friday, whatever time. Whatever day they come back. Well, Melo's almost ready. He's going to play with these guys a little bit here. There'll be a break, but he's going to have a little bit of time before their next game here to kind of gel in practice with these guys leading up to the return. So, is Lamelo coming back like right after the break? I, I, I. That's my. He looked close the other day. Like he was out there, and there was some stuff where it's like, ah, oh, he's getting closer. I wonder with this break here. If this, they were waiting to get him. Yeah. The Don't, eight days. I wonder if he'll be. I'm just. I don't know anything. I would guess that he comes back either right away or a game or two after the All-Star break. Fight for 12 says, Melo won't be YOLO just like B-Mill and, and Bridges changed their game. Um, uh, Matt Greensboro, LaMelo with this group wouldn't play so reckless. LaMelo knows one way of playing basketball. It's the way he grew up playing. It's YOLO, right? <laughs> like, he has to. And, don't, and, and I'm not... I. I sound, I guess I sound like I'm very down on LaMelo right now. I think he's a knucklehead. I think he's got to, I think he has to really mature his game. And I think he can and will. And I think he will over time. I just, what's happening right now, this is like, this is like a chemistry experiment bone that you don't know is going to work out the way it does. This is like putting a bunch of like, like um, elements in something and ingredients. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, look how that worked out perfectly. I've got beef stew. You know what I mean? Chemistry experiment and you have beef stew. Right? I don't know what that means. But not you know the what I'm beast saying? do from the Pistons. More on him later no, on. No, not the, the guy that, that punched an opponent on the way into the arena the other night. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I just like I just think. I, listen, I hope they come in. They win by 50 in Lamelo's first game. I just think there's going to be an adjustment period with them, and I still believe Lamelo. And what if there is? They're 13 and 41. So yeah, it was. It takes a couple. Was it going to hurt their playoff chances? So what if it takes a few games and they and they're not gelling immediately? They lose a no, game or two. No, it doesn't two. matter. So it doesn't ultimately, matter. it doesn't. They can use the rest of this season because their record is so bad to work on that sort of stuff. That they have that advantage because they're so bad. No, I understand. They don't, they don't have to come in and, and win like four in a row or something. Here. I understand that. I think I think what I'm saying is I really want Lamelo to learn how to run a team. I think that's what I'm saying. I want him to learn how to run it. Yeah, no, he does. I don't think he knows how to run it. And, you're not, and, and, and you're I, not. But he's got all the talent in the world, and he's going to get it. And you're he's not gonna, Maybe wrong. this team will help him figure that out. Maybe having shooters around him will help him figure out. Like you said, I don't have to take those bad shots and stuff it, like and, that. And maybe the, the advantage of being this bad is that they have time to work on a few things. They have time to figure out who gels together. Yeah. Oh, definitely. They have De time to figure out leadership and roles without having to. Yeah, you want them to be a playoff team, but maybe in hindsight, the pressure of not being a playoff team helps them play looser, get to know each other a little better in this environment. Oh, I'm sure it will. Yeah. I'm sure it will. But when I had the thought last night, like if you put LaMelo on the floor, like immediately, like what's it going to do to it? It's a fair question. You know what I mean? And I just, cause I'm telling you what's happening right now is some crazy organic crap. Like it, it just is. 
I've never seen anything like this where you just had five role players and poof, all of a sudden they went from dog crap to looking like this. It's it's insane. It really is, man. Something special is occurring over there. This mix of players, how unselfish they are. It's just, it's freaking me the hell out. But it's fun. Matt you know? Trey, man, has more hops than an IPA. He does, man. That's a good one. I like that one. You like that joke there? I like that one, you man. You like that joke there? <laughs> Wonder where you came up with that, Boney. Feels like it's from like a Willie P uh, joke book or something. <laughs> it's from me, hour one, via Willie P's joke book, I believe is where it came from. It doesn't make it right. Uh, Playmaker Baker says, keep getting on Mellow, Mac. This texter says, shut up, Mac. Mellow will adjust. Mellow with the floor spacing is going to be dangerous. That's a great point. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I think ultimately it could be great. I'm just talking the initial right now. You know what I mean? Like I'm enjoying this bunch right and, now. And the thing that the thing about Melo to me wouldn't be as much offense. It's this team is clicking defensively. Well, Melo's got to come in and get after on the defensive end as well. That's the other area we talked about leadership and that. You know, if this team's going to defend. He he's got to defend too with some of these guys. Well, yeah, there. maybe he puts pressure on him. He's yeah. not. He's probably not used to having guys that are actually trying on defense around him. You know what I mean? Like, sad but true. So maybe to put a little internal pressure on him to do it. But that point is true. The ceiling of Mello with shooters around him running the pick and roll and having space to operate because we go now go we can now play Grant Williams small ball five and go five out, that, that, is, that is a great point. The upside of LaMelo in this five-out spacious offense with all the shooters around him is, is immense. Are that you, is true. And maybe that's the point you were trying to make. Are you maybe in, we got caught up on arguing like what it would be like day one, and that doesn't really matter. No, right? are you in for are you in for my Bertans comparison, Mac? He's part Sabonis, not not older Sabonis, Demontis Sabonis. He's part Sabonis, part Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> There's definitely some Dale Jr. there. There's definitely some Dale Jr. going on. I always look at him and think I'm looking at a six ten Amish dude. Like, there's something, you know, I grew up not too far from Lancaster, Amish country in yeah. Pennsylvania, and look at the beard, and just something's very, there's something uh, uh, Amish going on with Bertans, man. The Amish assassin, will you go with that? No, the Amish, he also I don't know, looks like, something there. Bertans also looks like a guy back that may have been the West Virginia mascot that he's done now, and he's just blending back into society. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, there's a lot of things he looks like, man. But Lat he looks like a damn good shooter. Dare I call him the Latvian laser? I'd go with that. I'd go with that. This segment is sponsored by Compassion International. Drought, war, and rising food prices have devastated families in poverty. $50 provides a food kit to feed a family for a month. Just text the word radio to 976 Four, six. When we come back, we talk about the news yesterday that Steve Wilkes was let go by the San Francisco 49ers. Was this unfair? And how do Panther fans feel about that news? Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> Look, 
when you lose a Super Bowl in the manner in which they did, when you lose when you lose to one of the great quarterbacks of all time in overtime on a final drive where there were some there were some pretty egregious you know assignment errors that not, that not only happened on that drive but it happened at other points in time you know in that football game defensively and there were some quite honestly there were some critical errors that happened offensively as well somebody is going to lose something you can't just leave everything status quo there's going to be a change in some way shape or form this is the business that we have these are the results that we're faced with or rather this is the news that we're faced with steve wilkes you've been deemed as being expendable and the reason why we're not quite quite honestly reaching our goals and that's quite unfortunate i'd love to know exactly what was happening behind the scenes there with that one Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ Mac and Bone with you. Uh, that is Lewis Riddick on ESPN talking about a firing of Steve Wilkes. Um, uh, God, I hate it for him. And uh, we've got to talk through this one, y'all, because I know many of y'all, like we do, have this love for Steve Wilkes after what he did for the Panthers last year. Heck, after you know what he's done for the Panthers over the years. You know, multiple stints here in Carolina with the Panthers. This just feels wrong to me, but it was interesting, Bone. In the first hour, we had, I would say, the majority that feel like, man, this is ridiculous. You were that close to winning the Super Bowl, and you're going to fire the coordinator. But we had some people, we had Niner fans that were trying to defend Kyle Shanahan and blame Steve Wilkes for the Super Bowl loss and say this had to happen. We had other people that I don't know if they just want to be contrarians. I don't know what, that were trying to refute and argue this, Bone. Um, and talk about the Niners' defense this year, which I admit, in a lot of categories, it did drop down from where it was with D'Amico Ryans last year. But did he deserve to lose his job? Like, it was still a good defense. What do you make of That wasn't of it? exactly a game you walked away thinking, oh my gosh, Patrick Mahomes carved up the Niners' defense. He had a lot of yards. But remember the first half, they couldn't do anything in that football game. They gave the Niners a chance to win the game. Shanahan decisions are what cost them. So, yeah, the word scapegoat gets used a lot in these situations. But I don't know what other word to use here other than scapegoat, and that was Steve Wilkes right now. It feels applicable. It does. And listen, I understand, uh, you know, that they were the number one defense last year, and this year, hey, they're just in the top ten. But they were number th uh, three in scoring defense. They were number four in DVOA, which is an effic efficiency metric, an advanced stat. They were number four defense in that. Um, they lost. Who's the big safety that they lost, the, the kid that's all over the place? Hafunga? Yeah, yes. They yes. lost him for the season. They lost Drake Greenlaw in the Super Bowl and clearly didn't have a same level backup. Fair point. Like, and, and Mahomes scored two touchdowns in 13 drives. They had 19 points. Kansas City, the vaunted Chiefs, had 19 points at the end of regulation. Like, and, you and, were one Niner mistake, or excuse me, one Chiefs mistake away from winning the Super Bowl. Mahomes well, could drop the ball. Now, they don't make those a lot, but you, you're in position to win the game. Mahomes could have just dropped the ball or something could have happened, and you win the football game. You had him on fourth down at one point. How about you, you, how close were you to winning the championship? Would you have fired Wilkes if they won a championship? I, I can't imagine no they way. would. No, they definitely wouldn't. But how about just like, how about if, if the special teams doesn't have a muff punt? Like, they, one of their two touchdowns. McCaffrey fumbles. Well, their only touchdown in regulation. The McCaffrey fumble, I guess, didn't really result in anything, right? Because. The Chiefs went down and fumbled after yeah, that. Yeah. But the muff punt bone, their only touchdown in regulation, the Chiefs, was a 16-yard drive because of a, a muff punt. So it's – but there's – and we have our guy uh, 187 who is a diehard Niner fan 
that is telling me Steve Wilkes deserves this. He wasn't good this year. The defense wasn't good enough this year. This is the high standard we have. And the question I asked him is, is the same standard exists for your head coach? Because I think evidence shows your head coach is not good with a lead in big games at all. And I think your head coach made a lot of mistakes in overtime. I thought he went away from the run game prematurely or wrongly in the early second half. Like, I didn't think your head coach was very good. But we know how this works, Bone. Kyle Shanahan is going to just, eh, he was the problem. Let's get him out of here, man. You know what I mean? He's he's not going to have any ca- yeah. accountability publicly. Kyle Shanahan doesn't have a track record of big game mishaps himself here on his on his record. Mag, I did some digging during the break, and I, I started thinking, all right, who could they be eyeing to replace Wilkes? Like, what what are they up to over there? And one name comes up repeatedly in all the Niner sites and all the – is Shanahan eyeing up Mike Vrabel to be the D.C.? Is that what this is about? There's a big name in Mike Vrabel out there has been a head coach. Is that where this is headed? Is that why it's a little odd that Wilkes is the scapegoat or is Shanahan eyeing the big name D.C. and Mike Vrabel? Mm, interesting. That's something to watch. Rivera's still out there, too. He's been – you know, yeah, he has an interview for head yep, coaching very, jobs. Very, very, He'd be a good choice. Um, uh, let's see here. This guy says Mac is turning into an old woman. I'm definitely turning old. I don't know about the second part. You can debate. I, I got to tell um, you, I look at Mac every day. I'm not seeing a lot of women. <laughs> it's a lot of facial hair for a, for a woman. Uh, he says, this is the NFL. They pay you millions, but it's win or go home. Quit crying. All right. Well, then Kyle Shanahan should be going home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan didn't win. So what? So he gets to keep his job. Everybody else gets to keep their job. I just, I don't know, man. It just feels unfair to me. And I think the reason if I'm coming on strong. If I'm coming on strong, first of all, I feel for him that he didn't get the head coaching job last year here. And then I feel for him what happened in Arizona. Rookie Josh Rosen's your quarterback, and you have a bad year, and you're fired after one year. I just, It just feels like, it feels like he has been, he's had tough, raw deals a lot in this league. And I just feel for the man who's a good man, a Charlotte native. Yeah, he goes to Cleveland for one year as the D.C. in 2021. They make a coaching change. He's not retained there. Goes to Missouri for one year, and granted, their defense was terrible that year, so it might have been justified in that case, but he goes to Missouri for one year, and he's run out of there. He's had a lot of opportunities, Mac, and it doesn't feel like he ever gets the benefit of the doubt for for, to see if he can get better or fix whatever ailed them the year before, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's that's a good way of putting it. This texter says, I'm a diehard Niners fan. Look at what uh, Salah did there. Look at what D'Amico did there. There was a clear drop-off. Yeah, it, well, especially from last year to this year. They were fifth in, in Cleveland. They were fifth in yards in defense that year, but he yeah. wasn't retained because the, co- the head coach got fired. Yeah, yeah. That, he, I, don't but, really, yeah. I don't count that as yeah, much because the new coach wanted to bring in his but, own guy. But it's to my point of it seems like something always ends up getting in his way. when, when It you does. Know. It does. Now, But I'll say this. like, Yes, I think the defense dropped off this year, the pass rush. Um, I, thought the, I thought the playoffs, I thought the NFC portion of their playoffs, I thought the defense had some rough moments. Like I'm not saying Wilkes was perfect there. But I just think it's harsh to be third in scoring defense, get to the Super Bowl, and overtime in the Super Bowl, hold Mahomes to 19 in regulation, and then you're fired. I'm not saying there shouldn't have been a talking to, uh, you know what I mean? A, you know, we got to get better. But to fire him after one year, I just didn't think it was that bad. Um, another texture. And, he, and he's replacing D'Amico Ryans also. 
who was outstanding as a defensive coordinator, and then he goes to Houston, and look what he does year one. So it was never going to be exactly what D'Amico Ryans had going because he was at such a high level as a defensive coordinator. I know well, that looks is good, but Ryans was unbelievable. But it doesn't mean he needs to be fired. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Steve, and Steve Wilkes said it himself when he got here, said, I'm taking over the number one defense. He goes, that's, that's a tough spot. There's only one place to go. Exactly. And so, um, but they were still third in scoring, still fourth in efficiency defense as well. So it wasn't like they were terrible. Joey from Huntersville, he's a Niner fan, right? Until the other day. <laughs> he didn't want to talk to us on Monday, though, yeah. for some reason. But he says Wilkes is a good, a very good DC, but it wasn't a fit. Lewis Riddick talked about that, too, it not being a fit. And there were signs, right? Like, Throughout the season, there were moments like Wilkes got told by Shanahan, you got to go down to the field. Then after the Minnesota loss, primetime game against Minnesota, they lose. And Shanahan basically, you know, talks in the press conference about how we blitz too much, too much zero blitz. And um, hell, you had the incident on Sunday, Bone, where Shanahan calls a timeout. And it's because he has a problem with the defense Wilkes is in. So he starts micromanaging the defense down the stretch in the Super Bowl. So there were tons of incidents. Wilkes at one point this season, Bone, in the second half of the season, complained about a lack of effort from his players. So I'm not saying, Bone, yeah. it was going perfectly there. I understand what some of y'all Niner fans are saying, you know, that it wasn't going perfectly there. But did he deserve to get fired? That's, thought, that's the part where I, I can't get around. I thought, you know, if Wilkes is needing a break from maybe the sidelines for a year, could he come back here and some, you know, assistant role, you know, kind of take a little bit of a breather. The, he's not as old as uh, Capers and Caldwell, but something like that, Mac. But then I looked up and I realized, oh, Capers got retained to the staff. I did not realize Dom Capers got brought back in his role and, and Caldwell did too. I did not realize Capers is part of the staff still. Capers is still in his senior defensive assistant. The whole defensive staff, I think, is it, back. Yeah, you're right. He's still here. Exactly. Yeah. I, thought he might, uh, I thought he might be uh, going away, but no, Capers, because I see him, Capers is looking at me here in the photo and I'm the hair is it's, it's, you can't get yeah, past it. Yeah, you can't get past it over yeah, there. All right, pull Look yourself. Glad, glad he's back though. Uh, Kyle Shannon is a bleep 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 baby. That is from Shaggy. <laughs> this texter says, uh, "You guys come across as crybabies today. Why do you care? It's not Shut your. Up. It's not your team." Because Steve Wilkes is a Charlotte guy. He's an App State guy. We respect the hell out of the job he did here. He was part of the 2015 team. I'm sorry if Steve Wilkes. Still means a lot to a lot of people here in Panther Nation and beyond because he's from here and he played college football here. Yeah, that's that's the thing to me. And I just I just, hate, just I, I hate the fact that he's he he's getting opportunities like he has and it doesn't ever seem to last that long. Look at his you go to his Wikipedia page. He's had like twenty jobs in the last like twenty five years. He has that That's coaching lot, profession man. is something, man. Seriously, God bless those coaching wives and families and all the travel. Um, Anyway, we're talking about Steve Wilkes being fired one year into his tenure. I think most Panther fans seem to feel like we do. Like, man, now this has to happen to him. That close to winning a Super Bowl. Some really good stuff done in the game defensively. Um, I, here's, here's another aspect of it, Bone, for me. Is I felt bad last year when Steve Wilkes didn't get the job. I thought he did enough to get the job. But then, when Frank Reich came and the all-star staff was put together... I kind of like brushed a shot inside the Steve Wilkes stuff. You know what I mean? I was I was all gung-ho about that staff. And things could not have gone any worse for the coaching staff. I mean, Frank Reich's an offensive guy. 
all this firepower on the offensive staff, and this offense is embarrassing, and literally it's an eyesore. And then, Bone, they're backstabbing each other. Like, so I kind of feel like as bad as it went here, it just kind of reaffirmed that, man, he would have been a better choice. And then you go back to what happened to him in Arizona. I just, it's about what's happened to him in this league. It's about what happened to him here. I just hate it for him. It's also about it. no DC jobs being available. Yeah, the timing of it sucks, man. That's for him. rough, too. You know? We, we, we talked about it. We had heard in August from sources that we trust immensely, especially when you figure out what, find out later on what happened, that Temper was not enamored with the style of Frank Reich in August. First preseason game. He didn't think he was tough enough on them. There was a leadership question that Tepper had about Frank Reich. So he already had questions back about leadership and style, and I don't think he would have had those questions, leadership and style, with Steve Wilkes. Uh, this, this, there's, no, there's no way he would have. No, that's yeah, that's the thing. That, you know what I mean? There would have been more respect, respect for him as a leader and all of that stuff. 980 number says, Mac, uh, to quote your favorite singer, uh, karma, karma is the Chiefs getting you to fire your D.C.? I refuse to laugh. This is not a laughing a matter. Pearl Jam song? <laughs> it's, it's not a laughing matter. That's Tay-Tay, baby. Oh, How no, dare just, you? How dare you Mac, not know Tay-Tay? You want to laugh, though, Mac? I did see a tweet yesterday that a uh, Panther fan retweeted. Uh, someone in, in Washington, one of the media people, was commenting on the staff, and I haven't really seen in full what they've done. The staff that Dan Quinn's putting together in what an all-star collection of coaches that Dan Quinn is putting together. Good luck with that. Good luck with that all-star staff. Been there, done that. Got the oh, t-shirt, burnt the t-shirt. Oh, you know what man, I mean? Yeah. Seriously. What do you think about this one right here? This texter says, um, is it just me? Or is Kyle Shanahan the most overrated and the most unlikable current coach in the game? I think he's a scapegoater. I think he never takes any blame. And you look at what he's done in big games. Maybe we ought to stop slurping the man. Hold on, though. No, as far as the actual coach, we could talk about his big game issues and decisions down the stretch. Uh, his offense is fantastic. And I don't know how many coaches, Mac, are getting the most out of Brock Purdy that he's gotten the last I, few years. I mean, he did take you to two Super Bowls. So let's not act like the guy's well, got I don't nothing. think this guy's a Niner fan that's saying it. No, I know. You but know? but I'm saying, saying he took you to two Super Bowls. I don't we, think the guy's a Niner we, fan. We can talk about decisions and personality, but you know, I, I, I would not say he's overrated. I will not go that far. Okay, let's talk through this here. He's a hell of a football coach. First of all, unlikable, yes. Yes, I definitely. Think I think he's unlike. I do like his hat, the, though. The um, new Sean Payton feel, kind of right. <laughs> the um, I wouldn't go that far, though. That's that's really that's really unlikable. But anyway, he's a great coach. No one's saying he needs to be fired. But there's a lot of evidence in big games. Against him. So you look at the offensive coordinator decisions he made at 28 to three. And they've been questioned forever, and they should be questioned. You look at the fact they've now lost three games with the Niners bone in the Super Bowl or championship game where they've led by double digits. You look at the multiple mistakes that we feel like he made in this game. He's a really good coach. But can he break through? You know what I mean? Can he do the right things to win a big game? Like, would you, if I gave you to bet, wins the Super Bowl with the Niners or doesn't, what would you take? Wins one. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, I would say doesn't. I you say, say does. doesn't. How about loser gets roller skates on? <laughs> We've done that. We've done that Run one back, before. Baby. All right. Run the roller messing. skates I think, back. I think he does break. I will say, though, you wonder, though, 
for as good as he is, he probably knows how good he is. And does the ego keep growing along yeah, the very way? Very arrogant. So I just wonder if the ego, the more success that he has, but I just can't take away from the coach that he is when I look at the way he's took Mr. Irrelevant and what they've done with that quarterback the last couple of years. Let's also talk about Mr. Irrelevant supporting cast, too. That's a big part of it as well. You think I don't think Kyle Shanahan could take Mr. Irrelevant with Bryce's supporting cast and O line and set the world on fire. You know, that they've got fair. an amazing supporting cast, great O line as well. So I don't know. I'm, I would have always said Kyle Shanahan gets a ring in San Francisco. I have some doubt now because how many chances you keep getting in the modern NFL without Pat Mahomes as your quarterback? How many chances you keep getting? Yeah. Or has he blown his chances? You getting, know, getting close. I think getting, with this window, the, the windows aren't uh, the windows aren't open forever in this league. We no, see only universal windows, Bone, are going to last forever. You know what I'm saying? Super Bowl windows are not. All right. Anyway, you I don't out, know, man. Why don't you give out the website while you're at it? This, uh, yeah, I love my windows, y'all. Universalwindowsdirect.com. Shaggy, Sarah, uh, Shanahan's a front Such runner. A Roger the Irishman, F. Shanahan. My, there's a lot of wow. Shanahan vitriol coming. Uh, all right, let's let Flounder hop in here real quick. With the morning feed. By the way, we'll talk about all this football stuff. Wilkes, Shanahan's decisions. Does he think we're right to criticize a lot of these overtime decisions, or does he think we're wrong? J.J. Jansen's going to join us top of the hour. A little Snapchat's going on. Uh, Flounder with the morning feed right now, though, Flounder. What do you got over there? All right, Macker. Well, it's official. It, it did return last night to a certain extent at Daytona, but tonight is when things really get going. Oh, yeah. With the... Uh, what, what is the sponsor for this year's? The Blue Green Vacations Duels. For a second, I thought you were going to tell me it was the Blue Chew Duels at Daytona. No, not quite. <laughs> not quite. No, Blue Green Vacations. They want you to take a lovely vacation. But uh, tonight, the uh, duels will start 7 o'clock for NASCAR as they return to Daytona. It'll be 7 o'clock, 845. This comes after yesterday's qualifying session where Joey Logano picks up his first career pole and second starting alongside of him in the front row for the Great American Race will be Michael McDowell. Now at the end of the field, two guys get locked in that are non-charter teams. So there's only 36 charter teams and there's 40 spots for the Daytona 500, but there's 42 teams that have entered. So six non-charter uh, teams entered. Anthony Alfredo in the 62 car, he's going to be going to the race, as well as David Reagan, our guy David Reagan, who's a listener to the show. There you go. He gets into the field with the, uh, the expansion RFK car, but that means that Hall of Famer Jimmy Johnson. Oh. He is going to have to sweat it out a little bit here to try to make the field. Now, the good news is uh, it's him, J.J. Yaley, B.J. McLeod, and Kaz Gralla that are trying to make the field. But this is Daytona, so uh, that's something to watch tonight. Can't wait to watch the duels tonight. I love this time of year when racing gets going. And uh, the only bad news is rain in the forecast on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. So now we got to worry about that, man. I'm telling you, that rain cloud just follows the NASCAR circuit around. It does. This segment is sponsored by Compassion International. Families in poverty are facing a global food crisis. $50 provides a food kit to feed a family for a month. Just text the word RADIO. That's R-A-D-I-O. RADIO. To 97646. When we come back, this is going to be fun. Ask the audience, what celebrity... If you could, would you most want to watch the Super Bowl with Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Radio 92.7 WFNZ Mac and Bone with you here on a uh, Thursday radio show. Um, obviously, thinking of folks that are wounded from the shooting in Kansas City, the family of uh, of the woman who was lost. One, if you did not hear the the updates, latest updates I've seen, Bone were at least 22 wounded in the shooting at the Kansas City uh, Super Bowl parade, and one life lost. And we will spend some time. Uh, talking about it and just discussing it honestly, how we feel. It's raw emotions, but we're going to do it coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. We did it to open the show as well if you want to go back and listen to that. But I don't want to kind of like get into – we're going to get into kind of silliness. I want to acknowledge, Bone, that we realize all our silliness does is distract you from stuff. You know what I mean? That's all That's all our purpose is for God. There's way yeah. more important stuff going on, obviously. Yeah, our hearts are in one place, but our um, you know, our minds are here on the show. But we will definitely, into uh, the next hour, we will uh, give our, our thoughts on, on what occurred yesterday on a serious note. But we want to have a little fun, too, right, Matt? Because that's what we're here for. Yeah, I know a lot of you tune in for for uh, either, you know sports talk and, and some yucks, and some yucks, whether uh, they're good yucks or not. We provide at least a yuck and a half a day. Yeah, I think we can do that. Uh, J.J. Jansen, by the way, as we said before, top of the hour to talk about Shanahan's decisions. You know he's going to have opinions on probability and these decisions and analytics. And also on Steve Wilkes, what happened to Steve Wilkes, how he feels being a guy that played for Coach Wilkes. Um, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's do the SD audience, though. So obviously, I don't know if anybody noticed, but there was a pretty big celebrity fan this year following the Chiefs. I know, I know, a lot of people didn't notice this story. Very Eric Stone Street from Modern Family. <laughs> very under the radar story. Um, uh, uh, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. So we are going to parlay off that, and hopefully, no one's and even my answer is not Taylor Swift. Um, and we are going to ask the question: If you could watch the Super Bowl with one celebrity. One celebrity you get to hang out with, watch the game, enjoy it, tip a few back with if you want to. Who would it be? And we are getting all kinds of angles here, man. I, shout out, by the way, to Son of Swede, and I never knew this about him. He says I would watch it with my dad, and my dad was a celebrity. And uh, his dad is Swede Hansen, legendary wrestler uh, Swede Hansen. Um, so uh, shout out to Son of Swede. I never knew what Son of Swede meant or who it referred to. I had. No, I never knew that. Now it makes a lot of sense. So, I had no idea. So yeah. Um, uh, you know, we also have a texture Mac that is uh, close or was close with LeBron James. Also, LeBron James' chef, personal chef with the Cavaliers, 
Uh, is our guy Glenn that texted? Really? Show. Yeah, he knew him for his first five years. He yeah. actually likes LeBron. He can still communicate with him if we need. Oh, him. really? Yeah. He actually likes him. Okay, all right. So I'll take your word for it. I, uh, I'll take your word for it that he's a decent person. If you get to know him, I'm going. I'm okay. So a lot of people said Mac's going to take Taylor. Mac loves Taylor. I, I won't go too far, Bone, in the suite down down the line. I want to watch a football game with Jason Kelsey. I want to watch a football game with Jason freaking Kelsey. This is my kind of bro. You know what I mean? That's a perfect one for you. Like, I'm telling you, man, let's tip them back. Let's put on some Nacho Libre mask. Let's have ourselves a fat guy dance. Let's have ourselves a good old time, man. Let's take our shirts off. Like, that's that. That's the first guy that comes to mind right now. My first person, Max, is going to shock you. I wrote down Greg Olson as my first one. However, I crossed Greg off. Because, oh, you did? You dropped yeah, no, Greg? Here, here's why. I don't need Greg to witness me eating 12 sliders. At some point, Greg's going to be like, this guy's got to go. I don't need Greg to witness what I'm going to eat at a Super Bowl or a gather, whatever. So I went, Mac. I chose Peyton Manning because you're going to laugh. Yeah, that's a good one. He's going to be into the game. And we've seen the beer commercials. He'll throw you the beers. Peyton will drop a play and throw you the beer. I think Peyton Manning now, I would say both Manning brothers, but the rules are only one person. Yeah, I'll we say, only let you have one celebrity. I'll say Peyton Manning. You're going to laugh. You're going to watch the game. Peyton Manning will be my person. All right. I like, and, that's and, a good one, too, because I'm Greg, a big Peyton Manning Greg's fan, Greg's my too. guy, but I don't think my, my diet, he's going he's to make me go home. You don't want him to see guy. you in that state, no, in that state of no, gluttony? No, I don't need it. Um, let's see here. Multiple people saying J.J. Jansen. Is a celebrity to like watch the game with? You imagine all the probability numbers you'd be getting it every every game. I don't know where he comes up with them. I don't know if he has a computer program or something, or it's all off the top of his head. But he would tell you the probability numbers of winning a game based on each decision through the course of a game. It'd be like watching a game with Mister Wizard. <laughs> so Peyton Manning got a vote. Gronk, Chuck Norris, or Phil Mickelson? You got to pick one, man. You can't pick, you can't pick just, three out. I just like the diversity of Cackalack's three guys. Gronk, Chuck Norris, and Phil Mickelson. I just oh, like that group. 980 says Seth Rogen. That, that would be a Seth Rogen. Every commercial. Oh, God. I just feel like you have to toke up a little bit to get the full, to be on his level. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, let's see who else we have. Barkley. That's a good answer. That's from Andrew. In Rock Hill, Matthew McConaughey. All my, right, my, all right, all right. My dog Mabel got a run. Mabel, there. somebody wants to watch with Mabel. Let me tell you what, not the greatest game watching partner. Luke Combs. Luke Combs is a good one. Oh yeah, that's kind of a fun dude. That's like, a that's a really you good gotta one. watch it with a bro. That just seems like fun. Like Barkley, these guys that you just know are gonna make the game fun. Guys are gonna be funny. Who's, who would your choice be, Flan? One celebrity to watch a, a Super Bowl with? So I'll give you I'll give you one male, one female. Male would be Eli Manning. Eli knows a ton about football, but I feel like you know Peyton. Peyton feels like the more serious one sometimes. I, I guess they both kind of joke back and forth, but. I think Eli would be really cool to hang out with. The female one, I would go with Elizabeth Banks. Apparently, huge, huge fan of sports. Also, incredibly attractive. Yeah, I like Elizabeth Banks. Um, she's in a lot of the Judd Apatow flicks, right? Elizabeth Banks? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. I, I enjoy uh, her. Someone says, a lot of guys have just gone to the women angle, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But I'm at says, the point uh, in my life where Jason Kelsey is more fun than hanging out with a supermodel. I'm at that point in my life at 50. Someone shows Dak Prescott because he's always available for the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, great answer. He knows, great answer. Th- he knows how to throw a big game party, right? He's always watching it. Matter of fact, you can watch that NFC title game with him, too. You know, you know what I mean? He's available oh, for that God. one. Sammy Hagar, somebody says. I was thinking of going with my man, Eddie Vedder, as a Pearl Jam uh, aficionado. I love Eddie Vedder. 
Um, so I see you on the music angle. Money Mayweather. Not really a fan of Money Mayweather for a lot of reasons. But someone yeah, has everyone, an- everyone's got their someone their has answered that. Um Bill Murray. Bill Murray Bone do it for you or no? I don't know. What about Larry David, Mac? Would that be a good time or a no, bad time? Oh, God. <laughs> you think he'd, he'd be, be like, miserable yeah, for him? Uh, he'd be he would just, There'd he be would, something about a pretzel he'd go on. There'd so be something. many flaws that he would be pointing out to you. He's I'm funny, just miserable. Though. And there'd be an awkward situation you'd witness. Larry, are you having a good time? <laughs> the pretzels. How about our guy, friend of the show, John Reap, guest starred on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm was, was this awesome. week. That was awesome. A very cool, man. Very cool uh, that he got on the show with Larry. Uh, Mad Mike says Kyle Bailey is the celebrity. Until we start snacking on the blue chews. Yeah, then he hits the blue chews, and then you just got to get away from him at that point, man. Um, Will Farrell, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey would be All too good much. Choices. Jim Carrey would be too much. Though. Jim Carrey with the physical comedy. You make it face. Yeah, Rob, Rob, Rob McElhaney would be pretty cool, too. He's a cool dude, From man. Always Sunny. Very cool dude. I watch, um, what's the Wrexham show called? Welcome to Wrexham. There you go. I like him and Ryan Reynolds, man. Cool dude. Someone said Stephen A. Smith would be a trip to watch games with. Is it too much? Is Pro- Stephen A. too much? Yeah, when Shannon Sharp calls at halftime when they argue with each other, that might be a lot. <laughs> I mean, he's he's borderline like entertaining or too much. Somebody said Mad Ted- Dog Russo and his wife. Someone said, "And watch that." Oh dynamic. God, yeah, watch that unfold. Ted, La- you gotta get out of here. You gotta go, GD. GD, get out. Uh, it's just a pregame show. AJ says Ted Lasso. Oh, that's a whole nother. That'll be tomorrow's topic. If you could watch with a fictitious character, who are you watching <laughs> the Super Bowl with? Oh my goodness, who said Tony Romo? By the way, and how and how quickly can we block this texter? <laughs> I'd watch it with Tony Romo and Gene Steratore. Gene! Gene, we're out of beer nuts, Gene! When we come back, J.J. Jansen, who got some votes here, he did. joins the show. We're going to talk about Steve Wilkes' departure from San Francisco, and J.J. has a lot of thoughts on Super Bowl decision-making. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.